Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark and Michael today. We're going old school, as we just joked beforehand. We should have uh, recorded this on Anchor, had it fully record, then post it, then delete it, and then have to re-record it again. But I think we'll have a little more success today. How you doing, Michael? Pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Just came back from outdoor soccer, so I'm all toasty warm outside. So, yay! Um Last night, Calgary Flames, uh, second game of their road trip. They fell to the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-1 to one in overtime. Another overtime loss. Yes, they get a point out of it. However, that's what now uh, three out of their last four or three out of four they've lost in overtime. Um, are the Flames going to win in overtime? Remember when they couldn't lose in overtime? Now they're back to that team that can't win in overtime. Yeah, it's been really weird this year because, like you said a couple years ago, like – it went to three on three, like, okay, they're winning it. Like, Gaudreau and Monahan are just going to come out there and light it up in the first couple minutes and we'll get the two points. But um, at this point, like, Monahan especially just looks like a complete liability in overtime. Like, he can't even really handle the puck, it looks like. Like, he had that one chance last night in front where he just couldn't even control the puck. And then next chance the Leafs get, they went down and scored. So, yeah, I don't know what's not working with this team anymore on three on three. Like, at least, yes, you're getting a point, but, like, there's a lot of teams that end up missing the playoffs because they have like 10 or 11 loser points at the end of the year that they couldn't win those games. Yeah. And you look at Calgary last year too, they struggled with loser points. Uh, they couldn't get any, um, but you know, it seems that they've already got what is it four now uh, four loser points in overtime. So you, you take them as you can get them. But I thought Toronto played very aggressively on the defensive end of it in overtime. Um, you saw Calgary, that first shift with Gaudreau and Lindholm out there, they had to keep going back into the zone because, and they couldn't get out of their own zone because Toronto was actually pressuring. Not something you see a lot in overtime, but I thought um, the Maple Leafs did really well with that aspect of the game. And Matthews had a ton of chances last night. And I don't think, you know, the overtime goal, Matthews just kind of his ability to change speeds last night on that goal was unbelievable. I don't think Vladar had a prayer at that one. He just came in, he sped into the zone, then he slowed it up. And then all of a sudden like that, the pucks in the back of the net, um, they played very well against Matthews last night, but you're not going to hold a guy like that down for too long. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it was enough that he made a, that Vladar made that breakaway stop on him earlier in overtime. Like after that, that's kind of like okay, that's a save that would win you the game. But now you actually have to go and do it, and you just knew if he got back on the ice, like Toronto got the possession again. Like he's made his saves all night, but at some point this Toronto team's eventually going to break through because they're just too good if you can't score one the other way. Let's talk a little about Dan Vladar. Um, I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night. I was also one of those people that thought maybe he should have started against Montreal, and then you bring Markstrom back to play against Toronto in the back-to-back. But, um, you know, Markstrom was okay against Montreal. Vladar was uh, absolutely the bananas last night. The saves he was making, um, they've got a fantastic backup. And the fact that he's played against now, he's played against Washington and Ovechkin, 
you know, he held, he was the Flames team last night against Montreal. I'm, I'm extremely happy with Calgary's backup goaltending, even though he's only played in three games this season. How about you? Yeah, I think um, I was talking just on like Twitter about last night. Like we were talking about how like this is a guy like when you look at backup goalies that kind of have starts the season like this, like in a lot of cases, you're getting like the 30 year old journeyman goalie who like just happens to be hot off the hop. But like this is a 24 year old relatively young goalie who just played his ninth NHL game last night. Like it really feels like the potential's there for him to become more than just a backup goalie. And then I think someone was saying on Twitter, like did the flames just luck into like another really good goalie in the organization? Like he's just been so impressive to see on like, he just seems really focused on the puck, which I like about him. Like he's always moving, but he's always tracking the puck. I noticed that in the preseason and then the regular season games too. Like he really seems to be active with his play, which has been really helpful in helping the team. I think they have five points out of a possible six when he's played. So like, I don't have any complaints there. No, not at all. And he's had to face Washington. Like I said, he's played against Washington. Then he had the Devils where he gave a couple bad ones, but the Flames had a big lead. So you kind of just toss those, you know, as they are, but He's played against Toronto and Washington, two very good teams, and he's held his own in both of those contests. So um, kudos to him. I just thought, like you said, he just seemed in his own. I mean, every time they had a, a cutaway of him during the game, he, I mean, you guys can't see, but his eyes were huge. Like, he was extremely focused last night. He did track the puck well. Um, made some outstanding saves, but then made, you know, the outstanding two, at times, tough saves look nonchalant. Um, so I kind of like about him, not overly flashy, just stands in there and gets the job done. So, um, and you know, plays when he, when he plays the puck, he, he plays it pretty well too. So, um, very, very impressed with Ladar last night. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe they did luck into a, another goalie, you know, Vladar could always end up being a backup because there's still time with Wolf or maybe Vladar works himself into a point where Wolf's ready. Vladar could be a trade piece if he's that good down the line. So, you know, can't Kurt, let's put it that way. Calgary's had such a struggle with goalies since Kippersoff, it can't hurt to have extra bodies that are good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing with him. Uh, yeah, just the number of great chances he stopped last night against the Leafs, who have probably one of the top offenses in the league. Like, to hold that team, Yeah. when the Flames were also on their second night of a back-to-back -to, -back to just one goal in regulation, like, he, he gave you absolutely every chance to win and even more last night. And... It was the first game of the three this year where he didn't get a huge lead right early in the first, and it was nice to see that he could still hold down the fort and get the team at least a point in a game where back-to-back -back against one of the better teams in the league, I didn't expect them to get anything last night. So to see him carry the team to one point very realistically, they could have had two points. Like, I'm just so impressed with him so far. Yeah, you do bring up a good point, too, because against Washington, he was staked to a 3 nothing lead. It was it what, like five to one or something like that against New Jersey. Then he gave mm -hmm. up a couple late or, you know, it was a decent last night. He had to carry the flames and get them to overtime because we can switch gears now. Wasn't overly impressed with a lot of Calgary's players last night. Um, I thought Gaudreau's 200 foot game was good last night. Uh, he was back checking well, forechecking well. You know, he's he actually was playing some defense last night. I was that was impressive. Um, I thought Michael Backlund was OK. Um, Lindholm had a decent game like Kachuk was all right. But uh, there wasn't really a lot. I didn't. I mean, we'll talk about defense in a little bit because we've got somebody we really want to highlight. But uh, your impressions of the rest of Calgary's lineup last night, outside of maybe Bladar, uh, Shillington, and the couple guys I mentioned, did you? I didn't think they played their best game this season as a whole. Yeah, I kind of felt like they were kind of just doing enough to get by last night. Um, I think we're seeing right now the first kind of mini slump of the season for that top line that was just so gangbusters out of the gate that. 
it was pretty obvious they couldn't keep that up and something was going to come where it kind of takes them back down to earth. So I think these last two or three games, they probably haven't had their best performances, but it's a long season that's going to happen, especially with how hot, especially the guys like Lindholm who had the seven goals right out of the gate. Like at some point they're going to come back to earth for a bit. Now, hopefully they can get it going again before the end of this trip, because five more games on this road trip is a really easy way for things to go off the rails. If you can't get at least maybe like two of the next three victories or something. Yeah. And you look down that schedule coming up too. It's Ottawa. Ottawa's gave the flames fits last season and they're not a good hockey team by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the flyers. I mean, we saw them blank the flyers when Philly came to Calgary uh, Buffalo started off hot and then they just fell apart. Like that's a game they should win. The Islanders are struggling a little bit and the Bruins, I mean, the Bruins haven't played a lot of games and they're not having a great start, but the Flames have never played well in Boston. So, like, it's not like the rest of this trip is easy. I mean, Ottawa and Buffalo and Philly, you should probably take – you should get at least a point in those three games, I would think. You know, and then maybe you struggle with the Islanders or the Bruins or however you want to make it work. But speaking of heating up, uh, Andrew Manjupani is back on the wagon after he slipped a little bit like Lindholm for a couple games. His game has just been – he's just fun to watch, isn't he? He he's probably the most I would say dominant flame right now. Like he is just all over the ice. He he's in there on the forecheck getting the puck out of those like scrums in the corners. He's he scored that beautiful goal against Montreal. Like he is just doing everything and more you could possibly expect from him. Like we kind of thought he'd take a step forward this year, but like to see him arguably being like the best forward, I would say, all around on the team this year has just been so impressive to see. And it really makes you kind of think like where is he going to end up like where, where's his ceiling at this point because he just keeps his seems to keep taking steps each and every year and even like week to week over the season you can kind of see him getting better right now even yeah even look game to game too because he's not situated on a line with anybody like he's bounced around a little bit you know trying to start at the third line sometimes he plays on the second line like for a guy to have that much success so far leading the team in goals when he's not with the same guys every day. That's impressive to me. It just shows how good his game is. Because you look at it this season, the Flames' top line of Lindholm, Kachuk, Gaudreau has been the only line that's been solidified. Every other line has been kind of tossed and, you know, jumbled around and, and mixed. So, um, you know, and even some of those guys in that Flames' bottom six, of you know, I think, you know, uh, Richardson has been serviceable in the time he's been in there. You know, Michael Backlund provides a definite I, – I, Michael Backlund, I, I, he's my flame. But like I always feel for him because he's he probably should be on that second line, but he gets bounced around all the time because he's such a good defensive player. He helps out other lines, and you can't have look. We love we all love Lucic, but you can't have Dubé and Manjupani skating with Lucic. It's just not going to work, you know. So I get the shuffling, but um, yeah, I Manjupani's ceiling is crazy. The contract is going to be awesome, and it's hopefully he's locked up for a good amount of time because he's so much fun to watch. Um, speaking of other guys that are fun to watch, um. I mentioned it the other last night on Twitter during the game. I think it was pretty much just you and I doing this, but season previews, season recaps, podcasts, whenever we could talk about it, Oliver Shillington, now that he's finally getting that chance to shine in that lineup, he's been that steadying presence on the blue line for the Flames defense. And, you know, he would have been on a bottom pairing and now he's, he's playing up and he had that beautiful goal last night. Yeah. He had the turnover. Um, but I mentioned Lewis was playing out of position anyway with his back, to um was it Nylander that scored that goal Nylander scored it I think I don't want to say it was Kerfoot that was the guy that got the puck off Ah, the turnover yeah yeah so like and Lewis had his back facing and if he turned around maybe he could have you know he could have intercepted it point is this 
Oliver Shillington has earned his spot in this lineup. Hopefully everybody now sees that, right? Yeah, totally. And like the turnover, it was a puck that he kind of just fanned on getting out of the zone. That happens 3% of the time to any player in the league. So I just think like the fact that he's getting so much ice time, like, yeah, you're still going to get the turnovers and stuff, but man, he has just been, I was saying this on Twitter too. Like he's probably the biggest story of the flame season so far. Like, yes, Manjapani has been good. Yes. Like Vladar has been good. Yes. Markstrom has been good, but like, I don't think any of us saw Shillington coming, especially when they signed guys like Goodbranson and Stone late in the summer. You're kind of like, we were, we were debating if like Shillington would even make the roster out of camp at that point, just because of, he seemed so in the doghouse, but like full, full credit to Daryl Sutter. Like I wouldn't have put pretty much any money on Sutter realizing like that Shillington had the potential and actually played him. Like, cause we saw with all of the other coaches in the past, like, they would just put him on the third pairing. He'd make one mistake and go to the press box for six games. Like Sutter's kind of seen him through that first kind of phase of getting him settled in. And now that he's with Chris Tanev, who has just been remarkable too, although we never talk about him enough. Like, yeah, they are just so good on the, I would almost argue they've become like almost the top pair. Like I know Hannafin and Anderson might get a few more minutes here and there, but they are just so good together right now. And I think it's been such a breath of fresh air to see him gain the ice time we all begged for, for, probably since we started at this site like four years ago at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, you look at it now, the flames have played 14 games. He's been in 13 out of the 14. He op- he played opening night against Edmonton and then got the pine for the game against Anaheim. And then he's just, he's come into the lineup and been a revelation for them. He's probably, I mean, Mangiapane's fast, but I don't know. Shillington might be their best skater, but he's fast. He's got power. Um, his goal last night, I mean, he comes out of the zone, he feeds Goudreau. Goudreau is beautiful pass. He pulls it and he tucks it. He goes backhand past Campbell last night. I mean, that goal was just, that was a thing of beauty. Um, it's, I'm glad he's finally getting that time in there because he's just, he's been in that doghouse and he's already got nine points on the season, which now is a career high for him in such a short amount of games. It's crazy to think that he's been around this organization that long and nine points is a career high for him. So uh, kudos to Oliver Shillington. I'm, I could not be happier for a player on the Flames more than than him. He's just he's earned. I think he's earned it because I don't think he's been given a fair shot. I don't think he's been a bad hockey player the last four or five years. I just think guys like Gullitson and Peters and um, Jeff Ward just didn't see it. And like you said, credit to Daryl Sutter. Um, we can change gears real quick to talk a little bit about Sutter. I know this isn't something we've mentioned talking about, but it just popped into my head. We always talk about the core of the Flames, right? It was the Goudreau, Monaghan, Geo, Kachuk, um, Backlund, those guys. Like, that was the team. And now Geo's gone. Monaghan's taken a far step back. But, um, you know, Goudreau's been fine. Uh, Lindholm's good. All these guys are here. Kachuk's been good. Was it just coaching and goaltending that this team really needed? Is that what has been holding the Flames back with this core all that time? Because I mean, look, the Flames are in a little bit of a slump now, obviously. But... Sutter hockey seems to be working. Markstrom seems to be the piece that's missing on that end. Is that all this team was really missing? Like, did the Flames waste Geo, Gaudreau, Kachuk, Monaghan, you know, early Lindholm, those guys, with the riffraff of Smith that they had in net and, you know, having Gullitson, having Peters, having those guys as coaches? Is that really what's been missing? I think the easy answer is probably yes. And it's just, it seems like that, ever since Sutter really even came in last year, like things kind of just got whipped into shape. I know last year they weren't able to quite pull it around to make a playoff push. They finished four points out, but it just seems like they finally have the coach that can keep everyone in line. Like 
they don't have these coaches who are doing their first or second time with really like very little proven at the NHL level. They have a championship caliber coach who doesn't take any flack from anyone. And I think that's gone a long way with this core that really hasn't achieved much is to finally have someone in that like, I'm sorry if you don't agree with me, but I've actually found success in the league doing this. So it just seems like he's kind of whipped everything into shape. And then, yeah, like you said, goaltending, I think Markstrom's definitely been better than he was last year, but I think that also comes with Sutter's uh, coaching style and uh, just the way the team seems to be defending better as a whole. Like they're just, it's across the board better. And like, it, it seems like the easy answer to say, yeah, it's just the coaching, but it really seems like the biggest variable that's changed over the last two or three years. And it seems like it's finally having the success that like we've been begging for, for this team to have for so long. And I know the concern too, when Sutter came in was like, how are guys like Gaudreau going to play for him? And Johnny Gaudreau is thriving under Daryl Sutter. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, I mean, you'll never really hear me say a bad thing about him, but he's not, he was not the best defensive hockey player the Flames had. Let's admit it. Okay. He did not play defense. He's playing more defense on the side. He threw a body check the other night, you know, it's like he took a penalty, you know, he went to the bin the other night, last night. So, you know, I just feel like everybody's buying it and it's more, it's, it's the players, but it's also kudos to Daryl Sutter. Who's an old school coach who has, you know, he's got his ways that he wants. Like he loves to stack that neutral zone. He loves to stand you up at the blue line. He likes to play dump and chase, but to his credit, he started doing that a lot last year, and this team is too fast to dump and chase. They're a carry zone entry team, and he's allowed them to do that. So he's been able to – he's been flexible with what he has, and the players have been flexible. And, again, it's still early. They, they're in a little bit of a slide, but I just like the mix of what they have right now. Yeah, it really seems like they're um, they're balanced. Although one thing I Sutter has been doing that I don't love is that he's been playing the fourth line out for offensive zone faceoffs late in games. And – I'm sure he has his reasons. Um, I'm sure he, he thinks those guys have earned it or whatnot. But um, I do like that he is playing the top line in defensive zone situations too. Because like you yep. said, I think that's a big reason why we've seen Gaudreau take a step this year is that he's been given that responsibility and that um, he's been asked of D- from Daryl Slater to play better defensively. And I think we've seen him add that element to his game, which like you said, he didn't really have before. And that line's so good at getting the puck and getting out of the zone and getting a chance before their shift is done. Like that's really impressive. I just kind of wish they weren't starting the fourth line as much late in games when they're down a goal, but I'm sure at the end of the day, he has his reasons and I'm willing to give him some benefit of the doubt for now, but uh, yeah. No. And the other thing I look at too, and is you think like stubbornness has been a classic trait of flames coaches over the years where if it's Monahan and Gaudreau not working, well, we're going to grind that line, that pairing into the ground until something happens. And they don't change anything till 30, 40 games later. Excuse me. And then you put a guy like a Chuck in that line and it works all of a sudden. So the one thing he is being stubborn with, and it's actually working for him, which I didn't think was going to be. And that's the pairing, the pairing, I'm sorry, of Zadorov and Gabranson, who admittedly in the preseason looked like a bus on fire filled with babies with no brakes driving towards a gas station. Like it did not look good at all. It was a nightmare. However, they played pretty well during the, I like. I know people, you look on Twitter and Zadorov like misses a pass or misses a check or loses a guy in transition and people lose their minds. I feel like that's going to be the thing to pile on this year is, oh, Zadorov, he gets blown around. But if nothing bad happens, who cares? Like, I think they've been very serviceable as a bottom defensive pair. Yeah, I think they've been all right. Um, Branson has definitely been way above what I expected. I know he's kind of had a few rougher games lately, but I would still like to see Val Mackey get back in if, if it was my choice, at least like off and on. Like these kind of long stretches of him not playing can't be helpful. Like I don't think Zadorov has been so good that you can't 
not switch them out here and there. But right. um, at the same time, like I think the third pairing's definitely been way better than we had any expectations for. So I'm not going to go into them like too much. Like Branson, I've been very happy with um, Zadora here and there. I'd like to see Valimaki get back in because they seem to do well early in the year after they took Zadora out for Valimaki. And I like, I don't want to say it was just one guy made that big of a difference, but it just seemed to be one thing that was kind of working with that pair was having Valimaki on it. So we'll, we'll see. Like they've been, yeah, like you said, they've been, we, from what we saw in the preseason, what we were all like kind of worried about would happen. Like it's still been so much better than we expected. So like, you can't get too upset when your third pair has been just okay. Like yeah. you don't expect them to be great or anything, but like they've been fine. And really, I think that's all they need really out of that pair is just to be fine when you're on the ice and like, don't give up three goals a game or anything you'll be okay yeah no i completely agree and honestly i didn't hate michael stone the game that he got in either i thought he played very well too but it would a guy like valamaki it's not going to help his confidence unless the flames have totally quit on valamaki and just it's not a thing for them anymore and if that's the case trade him or i don't i mean i don't even know if he would go to the ahl at this point if he could you know but he needs to be playing somewhere to grow and get better because he hasn't had that much nhl experience because the minute he was having a hot season he had his knee injury and then he missed almost an entire year so um it, it would definitely help to get him on but yeah every time i look at the lineup and i see good branson and his mustache which for the record is the best flames mustache since sam bennett rocked Philanny mcdonald when he was in calgary so uh we'll, we'll, we'll give good branson and zador off a pass but i think they've been playing just fine but i'm with you a little youth and a little change up wouldn't help uh we're going to take a quick break here on the tinderbox when we come back it's a big weekend for a former calgary flame who is going to be inducted into the hockey hall of fame we're going to talk about jerome mcginla that guy from boston who gets gas in a snowstorm when we come back on the tinderbox Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark and Michael here on a Saturday afternoon talking Calgary Flames. Uh, We covered what's going well with the Flames. Um, We're going to talk about a former Flame right now who something is uh, very good for him. Coming on Monday night, and this one threw me off because I assumed that the enshrinement would have been on a weekend because that's what most normal leagues do but apparently or normal sports but hockey uh jerome mcginla going into the hockey hall of fame on monday night as opposed to a saturday or sunday where people could watch um oddly enough though was the first player to receive his hall of fame ring yesterday to ring uh the ring ceremony and couldn't happen to a better guy i mean there's no more consummate pro all-around player than jerome mcginla and just to just to look back and watching all the highlights, the fights, the goals, you know, the run in 0304. Um God, you miss Jerome McGinley, don't you? I, I don't see how you can't. Like, even if you're a fan of a team that he played against, like the Oilers or the Canucks, like he's just 
the, the best guy. Like he, you probably hated playing against him just because he was so good at what he did. But man, like just the nicest guy, like the a great leader, great in the community. Like it's just so good to see him like get his due in the Hall of Fame first ballot too. Like just so much respect for him. It was so nice to see him right at the center. Everything last night in Toronto, getting like a huge cheer from a mostly Leafs crowd. Like everyone just loves Iggy, and I think that's across the board in hockey right now. And you're gonna kind of feel bad for Aginla though. Aginla gets his number retired, and Mike Smith and the Flames absolutely tank it that night and lose. And then he, the Flames are in Toronto. He gets honored beforehand. It's like they can't win on a Gimbal night anywhere. Anywhere that poor guy's being honored, the Flames just fail him on the ice. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say it's pretty funny that, like, the night Aginla is getting put into the Hall of Fame, like, the team has to completely rely on the goalie to get them anywhere. Like, right. I, I just thought that was perfect for, like, perfect representation for kind of where things went in his career. Yeah, and 100%, yeah, because the 03-04 run was, again, Lekiprasoft. Like, that was that team, you know, and Daryl Sutter. So, um, and you know what's actually kind of cool about the whole thing, too, is we, everybody knows the story of Jerome Aginla being traded for Joe Newendike, you know, because Newendike was having contract issues. But Newendike goes on and still has a fantastic career after Calgary, plays really well in Dallas, gets cups there, gets a cup in New Jersey, enshrined in the Hall of Fame. And the guy he was traded for is now being enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame, too. I think that's a pretty cool end of that story, too. Yeah, that that's a, it's pretty neat to kind of see how things came full circle there. Unfortunately, I don't think uh, – what who we get from the Penguins for Gillen? Kenny Agostino and uh, Morgan Klimchuk? I, I don't think they're heading to the Hall of Fame anytime soon. So I think no. the cycle ends there, unfortunately. Yeah, I think – oh, yeah, Barkowski was from the Bru- – no, yeah, they got yeah they got Barkowski in that deal, too, didn't they? I no, I thought they got um I thought Barkowski was like some like they weren't they gonna get him from Boston? It was it was yeah, a messy it was, deal. Yeah. There's yeah, it was like Agostino and some guy who played two games and a pick that turned into nothing. So yeah, I don't think we're getting any Hall of Famers out of that crop. No, no, none none to say no. But uh good for again, it's good to see his career come full circle. His numbers retired, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Uh it's a shame that that's the one ring he gets. Um, uh, but you know what? It's a pretty awesome, spectacular honor for him, and now he joins. Lanny McDonald, he joins Joe Newendike, he joins Al McInnes, former Flames who are in the Hall of Fame, which is good. So I'm going to make my pitch to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mike Vernon belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's the most winning goalie in the NHL. To, and I know it's Hockey Hall of Fame and, you know, it's international play and everything else. But he's still the most winning goalie in the NHL who's not in the Hall of Fame. He's got two Stanley Cups. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm done. I rest my case. That's my pitch. So anyway, moving on. Um. The Western, not even the West, the Pacific, uh, while the Flames are in their little bit of a free fall, where the hell did the Kings and the Ducks come from? I mean, the Kings are on a seven-game winning streak. The Ducks are on a six-game winning streak. Vegas is turning around. Like, Calgary better get moving here. Yeah, the they kind of built a bit of a ground early. But, yeah, the Kings especially are just total gangbusters out of nowhere. Like, um, I expect them to be better than they started, I think, 1-5-1 and one when I was doing the Pacific power rankings each week. But, um just to see them rallying off these wins, like back to back to back, like, you know, at some point they're kind of going to fall back to like being average, like the ducks, I don't think are going to be able to sustain this. They're, um, yeah. they're getting ridiculous goalie goaltending from John Gibson, who I have in fantasy. So I watch them really closely and like, he's good enough to drag that team to wins, but just doesn't feel like they're going to be able to sustain it for more than a few months at a time. Cause this has happened in past years where he's gotten off to a good start. And then he'd either get injured or just fall off a cliff as he kind of carries that team. But, um, no, I think the Kings are legitimate, though, and um, that's kind of worrying because you kind of were hoping they'd have a couple more years of rebuilding before they'd get going. But uh, yeah. so far, they look good. And even some of the old guys like Kopitar, are just uh, they're still do he's still doing very well. And like they don't have Drew Doughty playing either during all this. So like 
it's it's worrying, but I hope as a Flames fan that they kind of fall back to where they were before. But um, yeah, it's they're fun to watch too. I'll give them that. Like it's not these old gritty, boring Kings of a decade ago. Yeah, it's not the Kings who you're trading for a you know seventh defenseman at the trade deadline, you know, or a thirteenth forward type deal. And I'm looking at their records right now, and Calgary is the bizarre team in this division that's playing well you look at i mean edmonton six and one at home anaheim's done a lot of their damage five two and one at home they're not that great on the road same thing with the kings they're five two and oh at home they're uh they're three three and one on the road but the flames are five two and one on the road and then two one and three at home i, I just i will never understand and maybe it's just them waiting to get out of the dome i just don't understand why the saddle dome isn't a tough place to play for somebody other than the flames calgary is so good on the road just the home is just a struggle for them it's just bizarre i don't get it yeah it just seems like every year that they have like a good year on the road they balance it with like a bad year at the saddle and they can never get both going at the same time um i think eventually it'll come back to kind of being okay like it's kind of been a tough season to start getting that home ice advantage because they just had like that one game at the start of the year then this homestand was pretty good like two one and two and then maybe they can they have a lot of games at home late in the season so hopefully they have it figured out by then but uh yeah it's weird that they look like a i don't want to say better team on the road because i don't think they've looked terrible at home but they just um for whatever reason they're getting the results on the road so far yeah because i mean you look at their home record they're two one and three so they've got two they got seven points at home which isn't terrible you know but you look they got 11 on the road so it's you know i i guess you know it's it's good to be a good road team i suppose it's kind of i'll throw a football analogy the 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 Flames being set on the road and not good at home is like the Dolphins when they had Dan Marino but no defense, and then when they had a defense, they had no quarterback. It's like the Flames can't figure out how to mash them both together and make it work. Um, next game up for the Flames is on Sunday. Uh, it's an afternoon game. They are at Ottawa to face uh, Captain Kachuk. Uh, Ottawa really hammered the Flames last year. Uh, what they take six out of the nine games, I think, or – Six out of the eight, nine games they played against Ottawa, uh, they really struggled with the Senators, who were, let's say, they were not a good hockey team last year at all. Um, wh- what do you expect coming into this game? Uh, well, the Senators have a huge COVID outbreak going right now, too. I think they're, like, almost on the Sharks line where they're missing, like, nine guys. So fully expect the Flames to lose because they're playing a bunch of AHL guys because that's what the Flames do. So... I'm hoping they can turn it around and uh, win a game they definitely should win. But three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, like it just seems like if you were going to describe a game that the Flames would come out and lay a five-two egg loss, yeah. that that would probably be it. Like it's just, but I mean, again, I've kind of said a few times this year, like prove me wrong, Flames, and for the most part, they have. So we'll see if they can take care of the game they're supposed to take care of. Yeah, and like again. To go back to last night, I was a little surprised that Vladar was going to get the start once we saw Markstrom and Net against Montreal. You knew that Vladar was going to play against Toronto, and nothing against Vladar. It's just like, look, if he can hold his own, you know, and hopefully get a point, the Flames will be okay, and that's what happened. But, you know, I didn't expect him to be shutting, you know, the Maple Leafs down for three periods almost, you know, and, and playing that well. So who knows? I did. I'm looking at the the. Uh, the uh what do you want to call it the infirmary that is the ottawa senators they have 11 players listed as injured three of them are actual injuries and the other eight are covid very much like what san jose put out on the ice the other night but the sharks worked harder flames played dumb and look what happens so and you know it's like anything can happen any game you got to play them but um i would like to think the flames can go into ottawa and hopefully 
exact a little bit of revenge from last year as they just didn't play well against them. So um, I don't like doing predictions because I'm always wrong with them, but I would like to think the Flames could uh, finish 60 minutes and walk away with a, a regulation win, please. We don't need any more overtime, right? Yeah, exactly. I, it should be a game that like you don't have any problem winning if you're a good team, but uh, the Flames have problem winning games that you're supposed to win if you're a good team, so we'll see. So, yeah, Ottawa tomorrow, uh, 3 p.m. start. Then looking at the rest of the week, Tuesday at the Flyers, that's a 5 p.m. start. At the Sabres, another 5 p.m. start. And then back-to-back, Saturday, Sunday, at the Flyers and at the Bruins, all 5 p.m. starts. Um, That's a tough stretch. That Saturday, Sunday could get ugly for Calgary with those two teams, depending on who's injured, who's playing well, how Calgary's doing. I would like to see them build up some goodwill here with tomorrow and then Tuesday, Thursday, going into the Islanders with a, a decent little string because – the way the Pacific's going, it's still early in the season. They can't get too far behind and slide down that because Edmonton's going to be tough to catch as well. Yeah, totally. I was kind of thinking going into this road trip that you kind of want to see them come out with something like uh, eight or nine points. And right now they've got one out of the possible four. So they definitely do have some work to do. But like if you can even if you can pull three of five, I think at that point you're pretty happy with things ended up on this trip. Um, it's kind of a weird mix in that like you don't see any games that are outright like i wouldn't put any of them as like kind of a scheduled loss maybe besides the boston game but um you don't really see any that are like a definite win based on what we've kind of seen of late from this team so like i know the islanders game on saturday is going to be tough because that's their home opener for their new arena so that's just going to be a fired up islanders team who i think had a 14 game road trip to start this season so they're going to be fired up their fans are going to be fired up like that's gonna be a really tough game to win but then like Philly always seems to kind of play the Flames tough in Calgary. There always seems to be like a pretty back and forth game. And then we'll, we'll see. It's it's five games that like I wouldn't be shocked on one hand if the Flames could get points in all of them. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost like four of them either. It's kind of just a weird road trip. Yeah, and I think this road trip too is got, will set the fan base in one direction or another because you can already see the same old Flames posts and responses and replies starting to come out just for the way they're played and you never know like they lose to a team like san jose which they easily should have defeated but who knows they could go into boston for some reason and blow the doors off the bruins it's just this is a team that doesn't make any sense and then they could lose in buffalo you know yeah i did a piece earlier in the week too and their road records in all of those cities is atrocious uh it's bad and i mean yeah and as i mentioned too it's tough to be have a good road record out east when you're only going out once a year and then prior to that you're only going out every other year so it's hard to build up that type of you know, to get your record to 500, but they are just not good in Buffalo, Philly, Boston, New York, especially. Um, and personally, I have horrific nightmares of watching the Flames in Boston. Um, it's just, it's not a good place for them to play. So hopefully, you know, you got Ottawa. If they if they take the next three and then get one point out of the final two, I think I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I'd be more than happy with that. So we'll see. Cool. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. Uh, go Flames. Let's not lose to an easily beatable Ottawa team. Exactly. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode of The Tinderbox, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline or The Tinderbox. Make sure you subscribe and like us and download all these wonderful hockey podcasts filled with amazing hockey knowledge. Flames and Senators tomorrow, 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. for the rest of us in the East. Game number three of a road trip that has the Flames 0-1-1 so far. You can find us on the web, www.matchsticksandgasolineand.com. You can find us on Twitter, at MatchsticksCGY, and on Instagram as well, at MatchsticksCGY. 
S-E-G-Y. Michael, thank you for coming on. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Tinderbox.